Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hey, hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. My guest is Jordan Berry. He founded laundromatresource.com. You might imagine what that is, but he's an investor that uh, owns multiple laundromat facilities. And this is a really interesting conversation. I've been hearing about this my whole life as a uh, way to generate passive income and a good business to own because a lot of it's automated. Uh, it's cash business, which we have some some chuckles about. It attracts a certain kind of character or can and has historically. But a um, lot of lessons in Jordan's journey as a laundromat operator, also just kind of as an investor and an entrepreneur. And so um, there's some pretty compelling return, you know, profiles on the on the laundromat space, maybe not so much on the equity side, but on the cash flow side, really, really good. So I just love digging in and learning about that stuff. Also learning how entrepreneurs tick. So the episode with Jordan kind of checked all those boxes for me. I really enjoyed it. So it's a good episode. Great guy out of out of Southern California and very transparent about his story and early struggles and, and things like that. So um I enjoyed it. I hope you do too. If you're enjoying the DJE podcast, a five-star review helps the reach of the show. Thank you very much for that. We'll have a word quickly from our sponsors and then dive in, dive into the episode with Jordan. Enjoy. This episode is brought to you by DJE Texas Management Group, a San Antonio, Texas-based real estate investment firm with a track record of transacting on several hundred million dollars of multifamily land and industrial deals throughout Texas. DJE's been in business for over a decade and is approaching 100 team members in San Antonio. To learn more about DJE, visit djetexas.com or the link in the show notes of this episode. This episode's also brought to you by apartmenteducators.com, a complete ecosystem for professionals to learn how to find, finance, and operate large multifamily properties for profit. You can get started with a free mini course and learn more at apartmenteducators.com or visit the link in the notes. Hey, Jordan, great to have you on the show. How are you, man? Uh, it's an honor to be here. I am doing great right now. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. Um, let's dive into, you know, we're going to dive into some stuff today that's maybe not totally real estate related, but um, definitely entrepreneurship we're talking about laundromats, just kind of set the stage. But I, before we get into the nitty gritty, I'm super excited to learn about how you're setting up the business, how you're running it, how your you know returns you guys are generating. We'll get into all that stuff. But first, you know, you've got a podcast as well. You guys have been publishing for a while, well over 100 episodes. You're business owner, entrepreneur. Let's hear your backstory, man. How did you um How did you end up where you are? Yeah. So uh, I mean, I was I was a youth pastor and pastor for 15 years or so, 14 years, uh, had no knowledge of business, of investing, uh, entrepreneurship, nothing, uh, got to a point where I had young kids and, you know, ministry can take up a lot of, a lot of time, effort, sure. energy. Yeah. And it was just time to take a break from that. But, you know, the big question becomes, what do you do when, you know, I got a degree in ministry and I have all this experience in ministry and nothing else really. Uh, so I was really struggling with trying to figure out what to do next. Um, and my, my wife and I were, you know, we're, we're trying to sort it out and I had this great idea, 
uh, again, I knew nothing about real estate or, or anything like that, but I was like, you know, we've got a little money in the bank. We own our house here in Southern California, which is where I'm located. Mm -hmm. uh, let's rent out our house here and let's take our little pile of money and let's go buy a condo in Hawaii uh, until the kids are school aged. Yeah. And uh, we can live on the beach and stuff. And then when they're school aged, if we want to come back to California, we can do that. Man, I like um, that life plan. Gain. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Net gain condo in Hawaii. I'm like, this is yeah. great. This is a great idea. And my wife said we could do that or we could buy a laundromat. And uh, <laughs> the sexiest the, option you could think of, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many nights I was working at that laundromat thinking I could be in Hawaii right now. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like something close. It was two polar ends of a spectrum. I mean, yeah. that is like couldn't be yeah. more different. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And and to top it off, my my laundromats are in L.A. here and uh, not not the nicest neighborhoods of L.A. So right. we're talking paradise on the beach or in the hood you know pretty much the, well so appreciate we the, the hood option yeah appreciate <laughs> the uh transparency there right yeah yeah <laughs> the well and the idea behind it was uh you know her my wife's parents had a son who worked in tech in in the san francisco bay area and he ended up buying a laundromat and quit his tech job and went from working 80 hours a week to 10 hours a week and replacing his income and Love like, it. yeah, let's, you know, more time, you know, with the family and less, you know, less at the business and, and have an income. So that sounds great to us. For so sure. That's what we did. Uh, it did not go well. I'll just out, out with the, you know, sure. out with the cat here. Sure. Uh, it did not go well for us. We made every mistake in the book. I did as much research as I could. Yeah. There just wasn't a lot out there. This is almost a decade ago now. Okay. Uh, wasn't a lot out there. I was uh, sort of intentionally guarded uh, information in the industry. And, sure, uh, sure. It led to, I mean, I lost a lot of money for a long time uh, when I was, you know, sold the idea of making a lot of money uh, for a long time. <laughs> and it was tough, man. It was tough financially because I had quit my job and my wife wasn't working at the time. Oh man, that's um, wild. I'm sure yeah. you, like we forget about the, how traumatic some things are in our past. You just, I guess i survival mechanism you just kind of gloss over it you forget it, how hard it was when your kids were two or one and you forget how hard maybe some of those early business failures were but goodness gracious they are gut-wrenching i mean yeah. and i'm sure it was sounds like it if nobody is working and you've got a struggling business yeah it, it was tough it was tough yeah. uh and you know i i mean that that experience led to you know, the podcast that you mentioned and the platform over there. Cause I was like, man, I, you know, I ended up struggling through it and, you know, put strain on my relationship with my wife. Cause sure. you know, financial struggles put strain on relationships and sure. Yeah. You know, so I was like, man, I, these were expensive, harder and lessons, you know, and I sort of hit this fork in the road where we could like cut bait um, yeah. or we could just, full steam into it and we full steamed into it. And, uh, you know, I was like, nobody needs to learn these lessons the way that I learned them. So that was sort of the start of, of all that. Um, so it didn't go well, uh, but we ended up buying another one. Uh, we we got an off market deal seller financed, uh, with, uh, with the commercial property, uh, with it. So we bought the property and we bought the laundromat and, uh, so this is deal two too, at this but, point. Yeah. And tell me about like I want to I want to dive into the owner financing part. I think yeah, you, know, yeah. you hear about 
SMB acquisitions and things like that. And, and owner finance, definitely a thing in real estate for sure too. But you know, what does that look like for the business? Plus the guy had the dirt too, right? Is the whole, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. What kind of, what kind of terms I'm just, as a real estate guy, I'm curious what that, what something like that looks like. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things I saw, so I'm, you know, just to kind of put the cards on the table, like I love real estate. I probably actually sure. real estate is my first love. You know, however, and we can get into why I think laundromats are probably a better way to start for a lot of people Interesting. than real estate. Uh, we can get into that. But to answer sure. your question, uh, you know, it, you know, you always hear like on all the forums and the podcasts, like the holy grail of real estate is seller financing, right? And That's right. It, it turns out that it's a lot more common in laundromats um, and other small businesses, but laundromats specifically than real estate. Mm -hmm. It's fairly common, at least partial seller financing which is the good news. The bad news is the reason for that is that a lot of times their laundromats aren't keeping any books or they're not keeping very yeah. good books or they're keeping really, you know, good books. Like maybe they have more than one book and it turns out that <laughs> banks don't really like, uh, don't, don't really <laughs> like that so much. So they can, so it might be an actual laundromat for more than clothes is what you're saying. Some of the, some of the time. <laughs> I, I'm not saying anything over here. I'm just, I'm just talking. Right. Uh, yeah. no, no, I mean, you know, obviously the, the industry has that reputation and it's a cash yep. business, right? So it's, yep. even if there are good books, it's just difficult to, you know, to verify income and, you know, the value of uh, any business or in a laundromat, you know, specifically is based on its net income yep. and it can be tough to determine that net income. And uh, so it turns out that seller financing is, required on a lot of deals. Um, not every yeah, deal, obviously, sure. but um, if a seller wants to sell, they a lot of times they need to come with some of the money themselves. Um, so yeah. when I when I purchased, so I bought the land in the laundromat uh, for in LA for 750,000 total. Uh, okay. I the we the way we ended up splitting it up was 550 for the land and 200 for the laundromat. Okay. And she financed 100 for the laundromat, so I came with 100 and 500 for the land, so she came with 50 on that. And then I think at the time, interest rates were low at that time, but we ended up paying I think 6%. Uh so it was a little higher than normal, but I think they were in the fives at that point. Yeah. So, and then yeah, I, uh, I think we did seven years, but amortized over 25. Yeah. Gotcha. So what was your, what was your all in kind of cash to the table on that project? So 150 plus closing costs. I, I don't know, maybe 165 yeah. or something. 165. Yeah. Not, not a bad deal. And this is like, is it all coin op or, or was it then? Is it now? Uh, Yeah. All still all coin. I need, I mean, I need to, I need to get some digital payment options. I keep saying that I'm going to do that and I haven't done it yet, but yeah, all, all coin, uh, all coin based quarters add up real quick. It turns out and they also get That's real crazy. heavy real quick. <laughs> Actual cash business. Yeah. You're walking yeah. out of there with like uh, bank bags. Of, of well, not really. Money. I mean, really what you're doing is you're taking quarters out of the machines, counting them, and then you're putting them back in the change machine. You're taking the bills from the change. Oh, machine, okay. Sure. You're never taking all the bank. bank. Why would you? Yeah. Everybody's yeah. just, so you're you're leaving with the bills from the change machine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes, Mostly. that makes it better. Yeah. yeah. A lot better. 
still a lot of bills though you feel real rich when you come with like a huge stack of like ones and fives (laughs) yeah it it has a lot of volume right that's right that's funny man that's funny um so yeah a lot of them are still on like actual actual coins what um to me, to me, the land versus the business value, I guess that's LA, right? You got half a million dollar piece of dirt and the business value is not even close to that, which is funny. Um, so, so the we're kind of, thank you for diving into that on, on the financing. I appreciate that. Yeah. <clears throat> Second time around. Well, let me ask you, you had, you know, you said that you had kind of a role model, whether they're a specific mentor or not, you know, it was somebody within one degree of separation that had done it. And I, and I think that's what a lot of us need. It's certainly what I needed. It's what I, what other, what I see other people needing like, Oh, this guy did it. And I, and he's just a regular guy. Oh, now for whatever reason, I'm giving myself permission that I can do it. Sounds like that's, that was kind of an on-ramp for your first deal. Mm-hmm. Um, were you guys, you know, in some kind of a program or coaching or were you just kind of reading books and, and jumping in? What was that first one like? And then well, how did that contrast to the second one? Uh, yeah. I mean, there weren't any books, so we okay. were reading books. There really right. wasn't a whole, there was a forum, uh, but man, just the, the input you got on the forum, uh, there's some, it's, it's, listen, this is an interesting industry. It attracts interesting yeah. people. Uh, it's sure. attracting actually a lot more sophisticated investors and business owners okay. now, but traditionally yeah. it's been a, a little bit quirky. How about that? Uh, and so, I mean, there really wasn't solid advice. So, you know, I ended up relying mostly on the broker who turned out to not really have my best interest in mind. And I didn't, I was like very naive. Uh, I'm, I'm a hardened man now. (laughs) Do I I relate to that? (laughs) Oh my God. Do I relate to that? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I was doing the best I could. There were some like articles online and, but in, in laundromat owners, uh, you know, another big reason I started the podcast is because this industry has been very closed off. Like laundromat owners have not traditionally wanted to share information. Yeah. There's this like paranoia about competition coming in. Yeah. Uh, I've been kicked out of laundromats when I was trying to have a friendly conversation with, you know, a, and an owner find out who you are to be the manager, you know, it's, yeah. So, it, I mean, it was tough. There, there really wasn't a whole lot to do. So I was just kind of learning on the fly. And, you know, my you know, school of hard knocks is kind of where I got the education mostly. Yep. Um, it's changing a lot now. I think the podcast has a lot to do. That's a pretty, you know, it's funny to say, but it's a pretty popular podcast in the industry, at least. And um, the whole, I, I ask questions specifically to combat that sort of scarcity mindset. Interesting. Um, because that's the stuff that people need to know. You see that you see a very, I see a, a lot of abundance mindset in the real estate space, you know, and I, I don't know what that's attributable to attributable to. I started seeing that as soon as I, you know, joined some program a decade ago and kind of got into it. Um, not the case in other, in other spaces, right? No, yeah. no, definitely not the case here. I mean, it's changing. I think there's more people coming in that are seeing the benefits of that abundance mindset. Yeah. But there's a lot of a lot of us still that, you know, it's a hard it's hard to break that scarcity mindset. You know? Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So you've got um, I can't imagine the laundromat podcast. Well, maybe I don't know. I don't know anything about the laundromat podcast space. Are you like you're the guy? Sounds like. Uh, Well, there's a few now. A lot of them have spun off of guests who've been on mine. 
Uh, wow, there sure. was one before mine. It was called Laundromat How To, and yep. uh, it was you know short kind of tips and stuff, and it was great. Ken Barrett, he's great. Yep. Um, and then he kind of stopped posting, and then you know this this came out of like, hey, look, if I really want to learn how to do this business, I should probably talk to people who are killing it in this business, right? And sure. so that's where the podcast started. I interview laundromat owners and other industry professionals, and you know we talk. Hey, what's your, what's your secret sauce? What tips do you have for people coming in the business? Tell us about your story. How do you get in this business? It's kind of a weird business to be in, right? Like, how do you get yeah. in here? Yeah. Um, a lot of that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's, there, there's quite a few little laundromat podcasts now. Okay. Uh, so I'm not the first, but I am the biggest right now. Laundromat resource. Nice. Well, congratulations. That's really cool. That's yeah. really cool. Um, so what, let's go back to that second one, right? I mean, the first one, I think a lot of people can relate to that, whether it's their first flip house or their first business where, God, did we take, learn some lessons the hard way, maybe feel like all of learned all the lessons the hard way. I certainly had that experience many times. Um, second one, you know, take some lessons learned and improve upon it. How did, how did that second one go? How was the experience different for you? Uh, it was definitely a lot better. Uh, and I definitely thought we had learned all the lessons. We had not learned all the lessons. Uh, <laughs> Warning. <laughs> You're never done with all the lessons, right? Yeah. I, well, I, to this point, I've done hundreds and hundreds of consulting calls and I'm still learning okay. new lessons here. So yeah. Uh, yeah. The, it was, it was a lot better. I mean, having the real estate gives you a, gives you a lot of cushion. I love, I mean, I think the, the one, two punch of the laundromat in the real estate is, I think it's a killer punch. I think it's a huge wealth building opportunity because you benefit yep. from the cash flow of of the laundromat. Um, and then you get tax advantages for both of them. And then yeah. you can force a lot of equity in the real estate. Um, so that covers up a lot of mistakes. However, when we bought that second one, uh fixed all the mistakes, did not repeat. I'm happy to report, uh, did not nice. repeat yep. any mistakes really. Yep. However, the the due diligence period, there was some title issues with like a divorce and stuff like that that had to get all worked out. And it took a few months. I did most of my due diligence in the beginning of it. Um, and by the end, of, it was like four months, maybe a little more than that. By the end of it, what happened was a brand new, larger laundromat went in like half a mile away. Oh, man. And it opened the day I took over the business. And so we took an immediate 40% hit on our income. Yep. Uh, now a lot of those people did end up coming back, you know, cause they were running promotions and stuff. Uh, not sure. all of them for sure. Sure. Um, but it was a, I mean, after coming off of that other one, it was like another punch in the gut. So that was tough. Uh, but you know, another good lesson I've been able to pass along <laughs> to people. Yeah, for sure. With, yeah, you never learn it as much as you do when you actually get kicked in the teeth. I know. That's when it really sticks. I'm trying to be better at that though, to learn lessons from other people. So for sure, I'm tired of learning lessons the difficult way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Dan Sullivan, founder, strategic coach and written a bunch of great books. He says, one of of my favorite quotes of his says, wisdom is fatigue. And I'm Uh, like, man, that, it's like, I'm just sick and tired. I've been doing this for 10 years. Why am I doing this? The wisdom is I'm fatigued. I'm not doing that anymore. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I think we have so much energy as entrepreneurs, which is great. 
but there's some wisdom in fatigue for sure. Yeah. That, uh, I love that. I hadn't heard him say that, but I, I love that. Yeah. I want to always stuck definitely with relate to it. Yeah, that's right. So what does the business look like today? You, you got podcasts consulting, you're running these. Are you still in Southern or are you still in California with your stuff? Is it all over the place? You know, what's operation look like today? Kind of fast forwarding. Yeah. Yeah. So still in California, sold that original one, uh, recently, uh, yep. which was good. I mean, it was, you know, that was the one that got me in and that was the one that taught me a lot. Um, yeah. You sell it owner finance or outright? Uh, no, I just sold it cash. Somebody bought a cash. cash. So right now there's a, it's, it's tough. It's a tight market right now. There's a lot of demand. It's growing demand Yep. Uh, for laundromats. Uh, and a big part of that is because of the cash flow potential of laundromats. Yep. Um, and so it's a, I mean, I'd say I call it a seller's market right now. So oh, okay. yeah, somebody bought a cash. Which, which is seller's nice. market right now. Yeah. Cause a lot of this stuff kind of exists outside the banking industry. Right. So it's a little bit immune to these rate hikes that we've been seeing. Um, yeah. At least on the acquisition side, on the acquisition side. Yeah. Um, what the, <clears throat> the demographics I'm trying to wrap my head around, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of apartment complexes have washer dryer connections or shared laundry. Um, so what, what, what kind of demographics are you looking for? You know, I got to imagine some areas that are more affluent. Everybody's got kind of their laundry handled. Maybe they're going to dry cleaning or, or white collar stuff. But uh, you know, what are you what are you looking for? Is there kind of a demographic sweet spot, or you know, when you're when you're looking, or a place that will even support um, a laundromat? Yeah. So, I mean, okay. The answer to all your laundromat questions is going to be it depends. Right. So it does, I'll, but I'll, I'll qualify what it depends on. Yeah. <laughs> so it depends on your business model. So, I mean, you mentioned yeah. sort of the white collar. So a lot of laundromats now are offering, you know, drop off laundry or pick up and delivery laundry nice. service, yep. uh, which has been booming, especially since COVID yep. uh, and is growing. I mean, I think we're just scratching the surface on that. And I, I genuinely think laundry is like the last chore left that, everybody hates to do sure and eventually i think laundry will go the way of our front yards uh where we all yeah. used to mow our front i used to mow mine you know as a kid i used to too i don't and see why it wouldn't it's not a, it's nobody likes it yeah nobody likes doing laundry it takes up your whole day and so uh so anyways so it depends if you got that pickup and delivery then you want probably uh you know dual income houses higher yeah. income houses uh big families you know uh, th those types of demographics. Uh, but if you're talking self-serve, you're looking for neighborhoods, areas that you know, the majority of people are below median income. Uh, they're renters, uh, you know, uh, larger household sizes are better. Obviously if you, yeah. if you got kids, I mean, we all know, right. Kids are disgusting, filthy creatures. Generate tons uh, of dirty laundry. A lot of laundry, right? So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, I mean, those are some of the demographics that you're kind of looking for, you know, to kind of shortcut it. If you're, if you're seeing like Walmart in the area, if you're seeing a lot of fast food restaurants in the area, if you're seeing, you know, dollar trees or dollar generals or whatever the dollar store near you is right. Those are, those are similar types of demographics. So if, if those are popped up in the area, then it's probably a good area for uh, a self-serve laundromat also and there's okay. niches too there's like you know of college course. towns and stuff yeah. like that but uh yeah that's generally what you're looking for 
Yeah, it makes sense. I've talked for years about a business idea I have that is never launched, but I'm gonna call it Dollar Liquor Pawn, and it's <laughs> a dollar liquor store pawn shop, kind of all rolled into one. And you just I love it. Set it right down in the area you just talked about. I think it'd be a lot <laughs> of demand for that. I don't know why that's not a thing yet. Dollar Liquor Pawn. I mean, I think I think you need to buy a building and and throw that <laughs> put in it, there. Put it, maybe put laundromat in there too. That's right. In there. Um, so what, what is, you know, kind of zooming out to the, the entrepreneurship, you know, I want to kind of dig in on that. It, it is this, um, you know, are you enjoying being an entrepreneur? Do you think this is, was in your bones or is it just something you've adapted to? And what are some things you're doing today that kind of help you as, as an entrepreneur? Yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I think I definitely have a, I definitely have a lot of characteristics that are typical entrepreneur characteristics mm-hmm. you know the shiny object syndrome i like mm-hmm. to start things i don't necessarily like to finish things yep. I, you know risk all tolerance kind of yeah all that typical uh typical stuff um and you know i i love entrepreneurship because it you know it's the it's the freedom for me and that's really the draw of yep. laundromats in my opinion right is it's the freedom um and one of the things that allows that freedom with laundromats is well two things really is number one there's more and more sort of automation coming into our industry we've been like a dinosaur for a long time okay uh, where we haven't really had any technological advancements until the last like two maybe now maybe like two years um and so a lot of automation is coming in so I could see you know, coin op, obviously there's an opportunity there. Are you talking about like access control or what, what are some other, cause two years is not long. I mean, for oh. the stuff to be introduced. Yeah. What no, kind it's of, really, pretty- yeah. It, I mean, it's embarrassing. For us. Uh, so, I mean, obviously digital payment systems are, yeah. are there and, you know, along with just the, the front end stuff on the digital payment system, just the data you can collect on the back end. Uh, Interesting. Which is great, which can help you make better business decisions. Who's using sure. what machines, how often, what times, you know, all that stuff can help you sort of develop your, your business uh, further. Uh, and then, you know, there's a lot of uh, technology that's coming in that allows you, for example, you know, when I got in the business, somebody would throw in a bent quarter and it would get jammed and, you know, they, that machine would be out of order, like couldn't use it anymore until I went there. I drove all the way there and got the quarter out, and you know, oh man, customer be mad because you know it's four bucks and they got three fifty in the machine, and now it won't start, and you know all that stuff. Well, now you can like remote start machines right from your phone, and oh, you can just say, hey, just move it over to the next one. I'll start it from my couch in my underwear, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of just that sort of remote technology and, uh, you know, a big reason that I think laundromats have been mom and pop businesses is that they've been hard to own at scale. Um, now I got buddies who own, you know, 15, I've got buddies who own 40 now. Um, but, uh, you know, they've been difficult to manage because it takes time to go collect all these quarters and mess with all this cash and, you know, actually managing so many stores is just really tough. But when you have a digital payment system, when you have these remote management capabilities, you've got softwares to help you manage, you know, your, your POS or your drop-off orders or your pickup and delivery, if you got routes that need to be created, yep. that software can develop, all that stuff now. Uh, well, all of a sudden, laundromats become a little more scalable, a lot more scalable. And so, and I think that's part of why we're seeing an influx of more sophisticated investors and business owners kind of coming in. 
And then the other reason I think is because, you know, the average, I say it's a lot, uh, a little bit to bait, you know, my real estate investing buddies, but the yeah. average real estate deal cannot touch the average laundromat deal when it comes to cash flow. Um, well, good. I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't want to gloss it over. I think we did a good job adequately addressing, you know, nothing, nothing in life's easier free, right? Everything's work, but um, obviously there's a, there's a reason for it. So let, let's talk about the yield and how, how that kind of stacks up. Yeah. So, so your average base hit laundromat, you're going to see a 20 to 25% cash on cash return. Uh, that's unleveraged before you throw any loans right. on it. So it can go up from there. Um, yeah. You're buying that cash flow. Well, typically you're buying that cash flow day one, unless you're buying what we call a zombie mat, which is like a fixer upper. Uh, okay. That zombie may not, mat. may not have that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's what you're, that's what you're looking at. It's 20 to 25% unleveraged. And you can see how that can real quickly add up and you can, you know, and, and one of the things that I recommend, you know, and again, probably my first love is real estate investing, to be honest. Sure. But if your goal is to leave your nine to five as quickly as possible, if your goal is financial freedom as quickly as possible, I actually don't think real estate's the best place to start. Uh, I think buying a business like a laundromat is the best place to start because you're just going to see that cash on cash return grow so much quicker. Um, right. And so you're going to achieve the freedom faster. And then I say, man, go snag that real estate, get the, uh, you know, start building your net worth, you know, cause the, the downside of laundromats is that while you can force equity in them, it doesn't, it doesn't grow. The equity doesn't grow as quickly in laundromats as it does in real estate. Um, and, and those as are it can both in tied. Real estate. I don't know if it does all, right. all the time, but it as it, yeah, can. as it can, as it can. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's a result of how they're valued and and the cash flows too. Sure. Higher cash flow, lower, you know, equity build or slower equity build. Yeah, typically. But it's like the realization is different. You know, you might be building equity in an apartment complex that's a huge cash out in five years. Yeah. But kind of you can buy on cash flow versus a laundromat. You're realizing it every month yep. for however long you're in it. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, no, nothing beats cash in hand, right? Projections and exit modeling on equity. Great. Looks good on a balance sheet. Might help you get more loans, but it's nothing until you realize it. Yep. That, so, yeah. And that's real, the, and realizing right now, return. Yeah. I was just saying yeah, right, right now, now that matters. Exactly. Exactly. And right now that's, that's a little bit tougher to actually realize a lot of that. Like I have equity. I know I have a lot of buddies who have equity and it's tough to pull it out right now because interest rates are really high and yeah. you're like, okay, I got to find something that's going to beat this interest rate. And that's tricky to do right now too, because yep. inventory is still low in real estate too. And so yep. it's, you know, it's a struggle. So, so, yeah. so what does, um, <clears throat> what does, you know, let's say you've got one laundry or let's say you got a, you know, consulting client and they're, they've got kind of one property and it's stabilized. What is, what does their week look like? Are they, stopping by a couple times a week? Are they reviewing software reports? Are they checking the cameras? Like let's say you're an operator or one and it's, you know, somewhere in your, your hometown. What does that look like for that person? Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends, uh, but it depends on. Great answer. Yeah. Always, the, always what, right. What the, model, you know, <laughs> what the model is. And, um, but you know, if it's just like a self-serve laundry, I mean, they're probably, they're probably just stopping by once or twice a week. Uh, yeah. if they've got a coin store, which still most laundromats are coin stores, although there's more and more 
the digital yeah. payment options. Um, you know, they're probably stopping in once or twice a week, collecting quarters, counting them, putting them back in the change machines, uh, you know, checking in on, depending on if they have staff or not, some of them are staff full time and some of them are unattended. Nobody's there except for to clean. Um, yep. but if they have staff, maybe they're checking in on their staff, making sure everything's going well. Uh, I mean, making sure all the machines are working. It's a, it's a very simple business, right? Um, so whether yeah. somebody's cleaning, it might be them. It might be, hopefully it's not them. That's the whole point of, in my view, at least of owning the business is so that you're not tying up your time doing low value tasks, um, sure. like cleaning. Right. Uh, but yeah, yeah right. I mean, assuming they're not cleaning, assuming it's a self-serve laundry, they're probably going in once or twice a week, maybe five to 10 hours total count, like paying bills and driving there and stuff. Yeah. That's uh that's the dream, right? That's the dream. That's the dream. Passive income. You got a, an asset that's producing cash flow, producing depreciation and a little time investment that checks a lot of boxes right there. Yeah. So I want to get back, um, Jordan talking about, you know, entrepreneurship. Are there some things as you've kind of gone through this journey to, you know, wide-eyed, fresh face newbie to, you know, hardened, hardened business owner here. What do you do today to kind of, you know, take care of yourself, sharpen the saw, you know, you're obviously running a marathon here, not a, not a sprint. You know, what, what does that look like for you kind of right now at this stage in your life? Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the big lessons I learned is, and you hit on this too, is like having people in your life. What's the, you know, the, you're the average of the five people, you know, sure. you spend the most time with. Right. And so, you know, one of the things that I've had to do is, and I've wanted to do is get around, you know, people who are trying to do stuff, right. Who are trying to improve their lives, who are trying to improve the lives of the people in their communities, you know, mm -hmm. through real estate or, or business ownership or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I think that's one of the big things that I've done and it's one of the sort of semi I'll call it semi-intentional byproducts of uh, the podcast too, because that's, that's allowed me to build a community in this industry um, also. Um, so I'm, I'm learning from people all the time. There's a, it's, it's funny because laundromats are such a simple business, but there's a thousand different ways you can set it up and run it. Um, so I'm still sure. learning from everybody on the different things that they're doing, uh, which is very cool. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, and being in like go abundance is, uh, is huge, you know, also sure. for me, just being around, you know, guys like you and, and other people in the group. Uh, so, you know, those are, those are for sure the kinds of things that I'm doing in terms of, you know, day to day sort of operations of the businesses and stuff. Uh, I mean, there's really, they're just pretty simple right and as long mm -hmm. as you keep them safe you keep them clean you keep mm -hmm. everything working and you know you're you're listening to your customers and and acting on you know not everything that they say but uh you know acting on the things that need to be acted on i mean you're it, operationally it's it's pretty pretty simple um now i'm trying to help more people get into the industry and people who are in the yep. in industry, I'm trying to help them build their businesses and grow their businesses. Um, sure. So that, you know, I've got stacks of business and, you know, self-development books that I'm reading all the time and you know, yep. trying to get in, 
you know, bigger rooms. And, and actually I, I try to spend a lot of time outside of our industry learning. I like it. Yeah. To bring, like I said, we're behind the times in a lot of ways. So I'm trying to sure, bring sure. concepts, ideas, and, you know, business philosophies to our industry from uh, more sophisticated industries, I guess. I think that's super helpful, especially in a, you know, an old entrenched industry like you're in, you got to get some fresh perspective. Are there any, uh, any books that stand out to you right now? Anything recent that you're reading that, that you've, that you've liked? I'm always looking for stuff. Uh, probably nothing you haven't heard of, but I mean, I've got a stack right here. I just yeah. have read for the second time. 10 X is easier than two X. My man, uh, Dan, Sullivan. Dan Sullivan. Uh, that's my favorite thinker. That's, that's my guy. My yeah. favorite guy. Well, you know, what's funny is I've, I, like I said, I've got stacks of books. I somehow along the way, I don't think I read a book through college. I don't think I finished a single yeah. book all the way through college, like high <laughs> sure. school, college, nothing. Yep. Um, somewhere along the way, I became like a prolific reader. Uh huh. And, and then, you actually have hardcovers, hard and you're actually reading them like, uh, like you living in the '80s or something. Well, yeah. Well, I've got my, uh, I've got my remarkable with the e-reader okay. going on there here, you go. and there you I've go. got audio, Audible. I do a lot of audiobooks because if I'm For driving sure. or drive time, yeah, running or whatever. Um, so I do a lot that way too. But uh, what I was going to say is, I, I've, I read a lot. However, I'm trying to actually slow down my reading huh. and okay. read less. And the reason for it is, is I think I've built this base of, like, understanding which you know, a knowledge right. about running businesses and investing, real estate investing. Not yeah. that I know anything by far. However, I think that what I realized was I need to slow down and actually do the things that they're saying to do in the book. I've been listening through, it. I've been reading 60 plus books a year for seven years now. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, now I'm, I need to. And so that's why I'm, you know, my, my go pod or my like small group that I meet with every week, we're actually for the second time going through 10 X is easier than two X, uh, mm -hmm. because we're all actually doing the things like we're talking about your unique ability. You know, we all went out and texted 20 of our friends and family and said, Hey, you know, what do you think I'm good at? What do you think people you know, look to me for, you know, these questions and we're, so we're actually yeah. doing this stuff and then trying to implement yeah. them into our businesses or investing. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I love kind of digging into the business books, but I can be sort of a, a learning junkie, I think. Yep. And it's yep. time to, you know, it's time to be a little more proactive with it. Okay. That really resonates with me. I feel like there's a period of about 20 years where I was such a consumer, you know, starting with Think and Grow Rich, which I read in, in high school. And I didn't, realize, I didn't realize the impact of it at the time, but it absolutely shaped the way I think about everything. And I, I see that now at the time I didn't. But but there was a period and it, it was, uh, you know, I was in GoBundance, but this is a number of years ago where I was like, I got to stop. Like, I'm doing all this now. And I need to, I need just like you said, I need to do this. I have all these opportunities, all these companies to execute this in. There was this filling up period of twelve twenty years of like ingesting it all. It's time to, it's time to go do. And I, I'm still an you know avid reader or listener, but not to the extent I used to be. I'm much more interested in hey, can we have some real life use cases to test some of this stuff? And it's you know implementations whole different ball of wax than than um, learning about something. So 
I'm totally with you. You know, um, I, I much more enjoy implementing this stuff, uh, but still, still love to, you know, love to read and get ideas and, and that stuff, but have slowed down on the kind of the consumption too. So that's interesting. I, I, I'm glad to hear somebody else has kind of gone through that. Yeah. I, me too, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, very cool. Um, well, what's ahead for the, for the year for you guys, you know, we're talking kind of mid 2023. Um, I love that you got, you know, I'm mostly a real estate guy. So, you know, rate hikes are no fun for our business. Things are slower. Um, doesn't seem to impact laundromats to the same degree, but you know, what are you looking to do for the rest of the year and, and for next year? Where, you know, where's your head at with that stuff? Yeah. So I, so number one, I mean, my, my main focus right now actually is on the laundromat resource platform uh, there. Cool. So, you know, we've got, you know, we've got all kinds of stuff going. Uh, like I said, I, my, my goal is for, to just pass on all the lessons that I've gathered personally and through, you know, I, I broker laundromats here too. So, you know, okay. through the brokerage, I, you know, all the lessons I've learned through talking to owners, both on the podcast and off the podcast, I'm, that's my goal. And, cool. and so we've got, you know, we've got courses free and, uh, like full on like legit courses that are going to make sure you get in the right way. The first time, you know, we've got, uh, podcasts and stuff. So I'm, I'm trying to grow that platform and, not just in terms of number of people, but just in terms of, you know, I want, I want that platform to be the place that you go to make sure you get in this business the right way. And, you know, you build that laundromat empire if that's what you're looking for. Uh, so, so that's my sort of main focus there. Um, yep. I do have a fund uh, where we, you know, raise capital and go out and buy laundromats and, and commercial real estate, if we can find it. Uh, yep. But we're sort of on a on a pause right now, just because, uh, like you mentioned, I mean rates are high, but more so the, the inventory is just so low right now yeah. that we just had a hard time finding deals. So we decided we're just gonna take a little pause. So I don't know when we'll start that back up, but we've got our eye out, uh, looking to see kind of what happens in in the market. Um, and you know, when you're raising funds, you need a certain volume of deployment for sure make it worthwhile for yeah so. for sure we we launched a fund this year and that was i've held off for years because i was like i just need enough certainty of deployment and we got there but it took me years to kind of feel okay about that so yeah. totally yeah. agree um <clears throat> this has been awesome jordan i really appreciate it man i kind of have one more question we'll wrap it up does it ever make sense to build these things given this you know the supply constraint it yeah. depends in general, I mean, yeah, it, it depends. Uh, the the uh, stop answering questions for me. All right. <laughs> it's a it's uh, a right answer every time. It I is. It is. Uh, it does make sense sometimes uh, to do that. I mean, right now you've got a lot of constraints, like you mentioned. You've got, you know, uh, at least there's not as bad a supply chain. Uh, for a little while there, it was like you can't build anything anywhere ever. Uh, yeah. So, but I mean, you know, with labor shortages and you know, construction costs going through the roof right now. Uh, it could be tough, but um, I get asked this a lot because a lot of, you know, commercial real estate investors have a space and, and are like, well, maybe I'll put a laundromat in there. So it can make sense. Uh, a couple of things to consider is number one, there's something called impact fees. Um, they're called yep. different things around, but impact fees. And those can be not a big deal at all. Those can mm -hmm. be 
cost prohibitive. Those can be deal breakers. Uh, for yeah. example, our, my fund, we were looking to build out a, it was like a 3000 square foot space in a retail shopping center. They were super excited. It was a, a, a big, had like a, um, what's the Walmart has like a grocery store, but anyways, uh, it was like perfect. It was like a dollar tree there and, uh, every, it was great, great location. Yep. Um, they were excited to have us. They were working with us. Um, and so we're, we're ready to go on the project. Uh, and then we found out the impact fees, again, a 3000 square foot space the impact fees were going to be $390,000. And the Man, impact fee like is not a permit. Dirt. It's, it's not, you know, paying to actually put in infrastructure. It's a, it's just a thumbs up saying you're oh, allowed to connect yep. to the sewer line. Uh, yep. that's all we it paid is them in development stuff. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and so that, that just killed that, that deal right there. How much right was there. the dirt on that deal? More, more than the impact fee or less? Well, this was, uh, this was only just the laundromat. So we weren't buying the shopping center. Oh, gotcha. We oh, it was within it a shop. I got you. Yeah. Gosh, I want an existing building. An existing building. <laughs> what with- a freaking yeah, it's just it was, a brutal tax, you know, un, how do you justify that? It's insane. I don't know. The shopping center tried to like help. They're like, we can cover half of it. We have like a credit from, they had put in a movie theater and the movie huh. theater somehow got a credit, but even, even at 200,000, it was just like, that's insane, man. Yeah. And there's a lot of infrastructure a- that needs to go in right to a yeah. lot of plumbing, a lot of electrical. A lot of times you have to upgrade the, the size of the pipes coming in. Yeah. Uh, you need to, make sure your, your panels are large enough and you know, all of that stuff. So there's some front end construction costs, uh, that are there. However, uh, you know, assuming your impact fees are not $400,000 and, um, you know, and, and you got a space for it, they can be really great in terms of, you know, if you own a property and you're trying to put one in, Mm -hmm. I, there's not too many, tenants that are going to be better than a laundromat because yeah, you know makes, if you think about sense. it you know you're, you're putting in a stable long-term business you're drawing up probably a long-term lease with this business 20 25 years yeah and if you charge it top of the market rent i mean you can dramatically increase your your net income on your property right drop yeah, a triple right. net lease have it paying expenses for you. And now your net income is higher because you're charging top of the market rent and you're not paying any expenses and your equity can just go through the roof that way. So it can be a really great deal. And then you can decide like, and and I've got buddies who utilize two different strategies with this, right? They'll then sell the laundromat, let somebody else operate it and just benefit from, you know, the rent and the increased equity. Um, And then I've got other buddies who their whole strategy is they want to, run the laundromat, um, but they charge themselves top of the market rent and then they sell the property and become a tenant of the property and realize all the equity and just go redeploy it into the next thing. So love it, man. So many ways to play the game. I love it. Um, very cool. Jordan, I really enjoyed learning about laundromats. This is the most information I've digested in my life, um, about laundromats. So this is Super cool, really intriguing. If somebody listening wants to connect with you and your platform, where do we send them? Yeah, uh, so laundromat resource, you can uh, you can just Google that uh, or laundromatresource.com. It's uh, is there Jordan J O R D A N at laundromatresource.com is my email, uh, and uh, yeah, 
come come check it out if you're interested in laundromats and glad to help uh any way i can i love it we'll link to that in the show notes if you're listening click through and, and you can check that out um i really appreciate it man thanks for for sharing your story and your knowledge and wish you guys continued success i appreciate it it's an honor to be here all right we'll see you, jordan Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.